The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and not of DOD or any of its components. Take me to the countryside. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rising Sun Podcast, the Texan Connection Edition. What's what up? up, Matt? Texas in the house. Shit, man. Uh, so, Texas in the house, dude. So, we missed the last episode. Um, we've been doing this thing where we were recording. It was like 1030 at night for me and um, on like Fridays. <laughs> and uh, you, you probably saw a couple of the episodes. I might have had like a slight buzz. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and so allegedly. two weeks ago, we were supposed to record and I just got done with an event and yeah, allegedly. <laughs> and, uh, I told Matt, I was like, dude, I am in no condition to record a podcast right now. He was like, I got you, bro. You can so, do it. Uh, so we, we re-caged, we re-caged and, um, and we said, all right, we're going to try this again. So it's about five thirty Friday morning. And as you can tell, I am bright eyed, bushy tailed over here in Japan, ready to fucking rock, man. So yeah. let's do this. Speaking of ready to rock, have you had the new summer edition Red Bull? It's a uh, strawberry and apricot. I have not had that. Delightful. That's fucking fantastic. It's delightful. <laughs> I highly suggest you getting you a can of so, that. <clears throat> Yeah, well, we'll see if uh, we'll see if Aphis carries it because you know I'm uh, I'm at the the whims of the the Air Force um, here in Masala. Um, they actually have a good selection. I usually go with like the Kill Cliff Ignite. I don't know if you uh, had those. We've got like a yeah, we got like good, a liquor man. store right next to our office building, and uh, they're the closest walk to get an energy drink, and all they have is a Red Bull container. So yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm limited to yeah. the flavors of the season. Hey. Yeah, strawberry apricot sounds yeah. good. You know, there, I ain't mad at it. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. All right, so uh, for you know, if there are any first-time listeners out there, I just want to go through a couple things real quick. So um, there's basically four editions of the podcast, right? Um, you've got the the normal uh, interview sessions where I either have somebody online or have them in person. They usually go about an hour and twenty minutes or so, and uh, we kind of just walk through, I guess, their background, history, their life, and um, any lessons that we can uh, learn from them. Last one I did was Billy Janik, and then uh, then we do the R check, which is just me kind of getting on the mic and and talking about whatever comes to mind or whatever you know experience I had that week. And uh, if you get something out of that, hopefully there's a couple lessons learned uh, from those. Uh, the third one, which I've only done one episode of because I haven't been home in a couple months is uh, the Millie Monthly, uh, but I'm going home on Saturday and uh, she and I are going to record one and, and get that out there. And then this one, which is the Texan Connection, which is me and my best friend, Matt. Um, you know, the, the, the first one, our, our trailer, if you go back uh, several months ago, uh, that one was pretty much a profanity-laced um, <laughs> I don't know, like catch up yeah. session. <laughs> um, but since then we've tried to really, we try to dial it in yeah. right? um, to, to talk about things that we find important. And then, um, uh, and so with that in mind, uh, today we agreed that we were going to talk about um, the power of perspective. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of what we're going to delve into today. So, um, 
So I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off, right? So when I think about perspective, Matt, I think about as a sailor, uh, I can't help but think about like weapon systems. Um, and, you know, uh, our radars, depending on how high those radars are, uh, you know, the mast of the ship. And, and when I say high, I mean like elevation. Uh, they, they lend different perspective. And essentially, the higher up you are, the further you can see, mm-hmm. right? meaning that you can target things uh, at a further distance, right? right? So for me, that just, that's kind of a, I guess, a metaphor or analogy for perspective in life in a lot of ways. Does that sure. make sense? Yeah. yeah. A lot of sight. Yeah. So, and I think, so when I to carry that analogy further, it, it, you know, it's, it's, you know, maybe it's the older you get or um, the more responsibility you garner or the positions that you attain, they, they give you a different perspective. A lot of people call it the thousand foot view, right? Um, and whereas when you're on the ground level, your perspective is kind of what's right in front yeah. of you, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes, uh, so, makes metaphorical sense to me, you know, and, you know, continuing the metaphor as you climb the ladder of life, you know, you start to understand more and start to see more the further you get off the deck. And, um, you know, I can think back, you know, I can just, think of my son right now, right? He's two, a little over two, right? It's very right here, right? Like what's in front of me, what's happening like this second. Yeah. And, you know, and you get to be, you know, you know, in your sixties or seventies or whatever, you you know, you look at cats like us or, you know, people 10 years behind us or whatever. And you, you know, just kind of laugh because, you know, they think they got it all figured out when, you know, you've seen some shit. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's a good metaphor. Um, and applicable in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think that, um, I see it. So yesterday I actually, um, sat down with the Masao five, six. So they're a professional association of, of, uh, air force E fives and E sixes. And, um, what they wanted me to talk about was kind of like the importance of non-commissioned officers in the military. And, um, yeah, I talked about that for about five minutes and then we, we started talking about like, I guess what you would call real, real talk, right? Real yeah. shit. And, um, again, like, you know, it's not to make it about rank, but their, their perspective just based on experience is so much different from mine. You know, the last time that I was in their shoes per se, um, uh, was 2008. That's the last time that, you know, that's when I was at E6. Right. And, um, and so, I think what's important though, when we talk about perspective is that, you know, you can't, um, you can't pigeonhole yourself to one perspective. Right. In other words, if my perspective is different from yours, then it's important for me to share my perspective with you. Um, not to necessarily change your, your outlook, but to hopefully, um, shed a little light on the way I look at things and then we can find common ground. Right? Yeah. So, um, a good example, I think also is, you know, you and I, after 20 years of kind of, uh, you know, slightly divergent paths, right. Um, we have a little bit different perspectives, uh, you from a business sense and and me from like a military sense, you know, um, and I think that's just an example for a lot of different perspectives. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's all kinds of ways I think you can look at this. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, 
you know, before you, before you brought up the topic, I was actually thinking about this on, on one of my drives cause I was dealing with a customer and, um, she was like super sweet lady, right? Like we redid her siding and painted the whole house. We poured some new concrete in her driveway, you know, restained her deck and then just did a whole like exterior remodel. Right. And she was like super great the whole time. Um, until like it came time to get paid right at the end. Um, and mm-hmm. then she went from like sweet old lady to, you know, level three inspector, <laughs> like just going and granted she lives in a hundred year old house. Right. So our, our mission was not to like, you know, bring this thing up to modern times. It was to put a, you know, fresh coat of paint on it and, and, um, you know, spruce it up a bit. Right. So, <sighs> In the, in the moment I got a little annoyed with how, like, you know, cause I attended to her needs and I had been there almost every day for like a month, you know, just checking in on the guys and just making sure everything's run smooth and all that good stuff. And, um, when we got to that point, there was a brief moment where I got a little annoyed. Right. And I had to kind of stop myself because I, I got over it really quick. And I thought back to other situations with other customers who weren't as pleasant and it's nice and easy to work with the entire time that were just assholes the whole time. Right. And how motivated or demotivated I was to make sure that they were happy and make sure that they were served and, and all that stuff. Cause look, we're all human, right? If someone pisses you off, like, you know, you're not really going to be <laughs> super energized to go out of your way, but we are in the service business. Right. And so I just kind of had to like stop and think to myself in the moment, like, okay, what, your perspective, like your view on this situation, because she was nice. Like you didn't, you didn't really buck it, right? Like you just did whatever she wanted and you got it done and you made sure she was happy when other customers, your first reaction has been like, there's no way in hell I'm going back to do that. You know, like, and so I had to kind of check myself and say, Hey, look, the level of service you provide this nice lady needs to be the same level of service you provide the, the grumpy old man, because at the end of the day, they have the same concerns, right? They don't want to get screwed over. They want to protect their house. They want to, you know, whatever it is that we're doing, they want to make sure it's done. Right. And, um, yeah, it it was just a good moment for me to kind of take things into perspective and look at it from two different angles on why my behavior changed. So it was just, uh, and then you were like, Hey, let's talk about perspective. I was like, okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So just, you know, just a little anecdote from, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, it's, it's, so what kind of spurred this for me, um, it, it's funny how, again, we talk about this all the time, how, how things just kind of manifest themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, not to be all hippie vibe, but it's true, man. Like things just kind of manifest themselves. Yeah. And like, for me, it was my friend up here, uh, Joey Meininger. He's the, the command chief up here for the air force. Um, you know, he made like a Facebook post, um, with like a meme of SpongeBob, right. And, it was, and he was talking about the power of perspective. Yeah. Um, and, and how kind of your, your same thing, right? Like if you take a step back and, and look at it from the point of view of the person that you may be having an unpleasant interaction with, um, that you'll, you'll find, um, that that situation probably improves and then you learn something that going forward. Yeah. Right? So I think, um, you know, what's funny is <clears throat> at its root, I think is, you know, perspective is based on our values, right? Mm-hmm. So like how we're raised and that, you know, how we're raised our, our life experiences at a young age 
really kind of inform how we look at life uh, when we get into our, our middle age and, and a little bit older in life. And I think that the people that find themselves kind of miserable are the ones that can't let go of some of those um, deeply ingrained either value systems that they learned as a young person or, um, or bad experiences that they may have had. And that's not to say that you need to let go of all the, your values. I'm just saying like you need to be open to um, the fact that maybe those values that you learned are, are not yeah. perfect, right? Um, especially like you and I coming up, we came up in the eighties and the, you know, America and the world was a much different place than it is now. Yeah. Uh, especially with regards to like how we treat people with dignity and respect. And, um, and, and so like, it's been really, uh, not hard. It's just been like really enlightening to let go of some of the things that I learned in a small town in Louisiana as a, as a young kid, um, you know, growing into an adulthood and, and respecting everybody. Right. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that kind of touches on something else that came up in this vein, um, that you and I haven't talked about, but, um, you know, I got my startup, my software startup, I got my roofing company. Um, and the startup is, um, you know, it's requiring me to get out there and, and pitch this thing and just like sell this big vision and this transformative product that we want to make and, or that we are making and that we're going to bring to market. And it's kind of a big lofty goal, um, that we're, that we're going after. Right. And, um, and then you and I have something we're working on on the side. That's also, you know, a big lofty goal. And I've been accused a few times throughout my life of having big lofty, crazy goals. Right. And like, just where did that come from? Right. And, Oh, you're, you're acting on that now. And, you know, like just kind of this questioning of why I'm like that. And, you know, it's come up with me and my wife. So, it's come up with me and friends. Uh, and so someone asked me the other day, um, cause I, I never really gave too much thought. Well, I take that back. I've given a lot of thought as to where that part of me has come from. Right. And it wasn't until someone asked me what my parents did, um, the, a couple weeks ago, uh, that I really started like thinking about how my perspective growing up and things that I experienced and things that I saw growing up, it kind of clicked for me. My dad, you know, he, he was a civil engineer by training and a civil, uh, excuse me, a concrete contractor, an industrial concrete co contractor down in the refineries of Southeast Texas. So we didn't build like patios and driveways and, you know, little rinky dink foundations, right? Like I remember the last job I worked on with him, it was a 650,000 square foot docking station for a liquid natural gas port at the port in Port Arthur. Right. So like, we worked on huge, massive projects and like, it was just business as usual. you know, right. It was just like what everybody did. You clocked in, you went to work eight months, nine months later, you had this massive, you know, engineering Marvel, you know, finished and, you know, pouring foundations for big processing units in refineries and shit, you know, like just stuff that like looking at it now, especially now that I'm in construction, like those are massive, like, like mind boggling, uh, uh oh, we lost you. You're there. Well, I'd say we go to commercial break, but uh, I, I we have no sponsors. Just keep going. So that could be hard. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you got me. 
I'm even seeing over here. I, I can hear you. I don't see you though. Hey man. Yeah. That's what my wife says. Hey, that's a, there's a reason why there's an audio version of this. <laughs> there you go. You there? <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, can you still hear me? All right, cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, it was just uh, it was just kind of interesting to think about, you know, where my kind of belief system originated, and I didn't even realize it was happening, right? But you know you go to work with 15 or 20 other guys and y'all built some really big shit. Like it kind of, I guess it leaves its mark on you. So I've never really, I've never really viewed things with limits. It's just a matter of how to, how to attack it. Right. Like, cause I don't even do stuff on a big yeah, scale. 100%, <laughs> There's lots of people um, out there that do it way bigger than I do. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just, I think uh, that you're right. Interesting right. to think of. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, that as I look at, um, I probably couldn't have come up any differently, right? Like both my parents were teachers and, um, yeah. and so it was very, um, what's from a financial perspective, like we obviously, you know, we didn't go hungry or anything like that, but, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, not lavish. Let's put it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I've always been very like, um, you know, stable. It, it needs to be stable, even if it's not a lot, you know, mm -hmm. from a financial perspective, it just needs to be stable because I can plan to it. And, uh, and so, you know, my perspective on kind of how I earned for my family, the military fit perfectly, right? Because I knew what to expect. There wasn't a lot of risk or chance involved in it. Yeah. And, um, I think that, you know, that has kind of limited me from a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways, like never had a really a side hustle or like a lot of people do because that involves a lot of risk yeah. and, um, whether, well, I should say perceived risk, right? Even if it doesn't involve that much risk, right. it just sounds scary yeah. to, to step off into something, you know, big. Right. And so. Um, I think, again, that's kind of like limited my ability to, to, you know, build wealth, right. Um, over this last 20 years. Right. Right. Um, you know, again, you know, taking the, 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 the values that I learned from my parents, my kids don't, they don't want for anything, sure. right. Like they're not, not going hungry. They wear nice clothes. They got, you know, um, things that they need and want. If they want to go out with their friends, we got money for it. It's not like we're poor. Um, you know, but certainly I think there's missed opportunity over, you know, this career, um, where I could have taken a little more chance and maybe have, you know, built more financial uh, security. But again, that that's just based on that value system that I, that I was, you know, not intentionally taught, but I yeah. learned that I observed. Right? Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I started thinking about it with me and my kids and like the, you know, them seeing me as an entrepreneur, uh, through the, you know, the valleys and the, the peaks, right? Because it's never stable, right? It's never, um, I mean, it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I'm at now where it's like somewhat stable. And even then it has its moments where you're like, Arr! you know, and I, I saw my dad go through that, right? Like I saw, I didn't realize, you know, all the details. You don't realize all the details when you're a kid, but I could tell like there were times when he was way more stressed out than he was at other times. 
And I could see like when there was big jobs or big projects or whatever going on and they weren't going as planned. And, you know, one minute he's throwing shit across the shop, just like just yelling at the top of his lungs, gets composed. Five minutes later, he's good, goes back inside, solves the problem, moves on, job goes off, gets completed like that. That type of like witnessing that type of problem solving and that type of like like way up here and then way down here. And then you get through the other side. Like that taught me a lot of about fortitude and just a a lot about risk taking and the fact that, yeah, sometimes you got to take a risk and sometimes shit's not going to go as planned and you don't necessarily have a team around you to, you know, always make sure you have what you need as a leader, right? Like, you know, hopefully you can depend on them to execute and get the job done, but like they're not there, um, you know, as your, as your confidant, you know? And so, um, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, definitely think parents impart, you know, those values and that learned behavior and that, um, you know, you know, you're a product of your environment. So yeah, it made me think about like how I want to come off to my kids, uh, especially since I get to, um, kind of start over with my son. He's only two. So, (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, uh, by the way, man, um, like kudos to Kaylee, man. Uh, I saw the, the Facebook post crushing it. Um, that is incredible, dude. Like, uh, you obviously are very proud. You should be. That's, that's badass, man. She's doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, man. She's, uh, she's a rock star. She's gotten, uh, you know, all A's since kindergarten, finished six in her freshman class. So she was pretty excited about that killed it. Oh yeah. I mean, we couldn't be prouder. Um, and you know, it's so funny, like, you know, you got three girls, so, uh, you know how this goes and, you know, you, you look for yourself and your kids and you try and find it. Right. And you try and like, you know, where am I in there? Right. <laughs> I have no freaking clue where I am with yeah. that kid, man, because she literally, <laughs> she, from the time she's been in kindergarten and had to go to school, she's gotten herself up. Yeah. I mean, I made her breakfast for a long time. I mean, but the, I mean, she's just always been self-sufficient, right? Like, and she, I mean, yeah. just always just does what she needs to do. You don't have to tell her to go do her homework. She hates failing. She's super competitive. She's respectful. She's getting that cranky age though. Yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah. it is what it is, but yeah, no, nah, but she's awesome, man. And then, so we got Kylie, she's the 15, we got Kaylee who's nine and then we got Colton who's two. So, and Kaylee's killing it too, man. She's, she's, uh, her, her dance career, even at nine years old is like, it's, uh, it's on another level, man. Like she loves that shit. She loves it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. Um, I think it's so awesome when you see, um, you know, uh, our kids and they find things that they're passionate about, Yeah, you know, that, that, that they're truly like they are all in, you know, whether it's dance or whether it's like volleyball or, you know, uh, maybe it's a particular class that they come home that, that like they want to talk about yeah. because, um, because it's so exciting. Like, holy cow, you're not going to believe what I learned today and, and you know, applied tech or yeah. something, you know? So, uh, it's just a lot of fun, man. But dude, like legit when I'm home in June, I am excited to see Kylie and, and Hazel. Because, like, just observing from afar, yeah. like, 
Those two are going to like, it's going to be like stepbrothers, right? <laughs> like they're going to meet and they're going to be like, did we just become best friends? You know what I mean? Like, because they are uh, very similar. And um, and sometimes, you know, you just meet people and you're like, uh, I kind of yeah. like, like I, think, I think we can hang out. Yeah, the yeah. last time they were around so, each other was, anyways, I'm uh, that. that was back in Hawaii when we took a trip out there. But they were, Hawaii. they were still kind of young to. Yeah. They were little. Yeah. They were a little young to, you know be realizing that <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so anyways okay uh that total dad moment right there like what happened um, but like just a segue and bring it back in um how much did your perspective change um once you became a father hmm. it's a good question um i mean a lot. I, I, it was kind of a, uh, how old was that? That was 2007. So I was, uh, I was 26. So, and there was, you know, there was, it was kind of a rocky time, uh, just with the whole scenario and just, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I was over the moon, right. And just like still being a knucklehead, right. Like still, not really in my professional stride <laughs> quite yet. <laughs> um, but certainly, uh, as she got older and, uh, things started, you know, things started to kind of take shape in our life. Um, yeah, just, um, being a single dad, you know, the, the protective, uh, nature of, you know, being single and dating and, you know, trying to have a social life, but also like involving her and, you know, just that aspect of it was, was different. There was a lot of, uh, even though I was making friends and whatnot, there was just a lot of her and I time, uh, when she was growing up, um, just because I, you know, yeah. you kind of hold that sacred and you don't really want to just bring them around a bunch of people, you know? And so, um, yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of any like concrete, like bazinga moment where I was like, Oh shit, I'm a dad. Right. <laughs> it was just kind of like a, a gradual adjustment. Right. And, um, you, I mean, you definitely take different things into consideration. And when you're thinking of things, you have this other perspective and this other like kind of consideration, um, in, in things that you do and things that you think and how you go about doing things. But, um, Sure. I'm glad I had her, you know, I mean, life would be completely, yeah. completely different. And just, I don't even, I don't even know what that would look like. Right. I don't even want to think about it cause it's been awesome. So. Yeah. I'll tell you, man, like, um, it's one of those things that you just like, um, you just grow into, man. So if there's, if, if there's any, like, you know, new fathers out there that are listening to this and you think to yourself, like, man, I kind of suck at this, <laughs> you know, like, uh, that's, that's kind of how it feels at first because you're, you're just, I mean, there's no, there's no book on yeah. it, man. There's no book on it. There's no like course you can go take. Like you just kind of grow into it and start figuring shit out. You know? Yeah. It's all rooted in love, you know? And, uh, yeah, actually you told me something, uh, when I found out Kylie was coming that you were, you know, I was, cause I was a little like, oh, bro, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And you were like, you know, you had already had 
definitely already had Millie. This is what? 2000? This was 2000. It would have been like 2007. the 2006 would have been when it all came about. So Yeah, so Hazel was on the way. Yeah. Hazel was on the way, and, and we had already had yeah. Millie. Because you were like, yo, dude, it's just a kid. You're going to be fine. Like, you'll figure it out. <laughs> like, it's going to be weird at first. And then you're just going to love them and you're just going to just figure it out, man. And like, after that, you'll probably want another one. <laughs> uh, and that stuck with me. I was like, you know, like that's actually pretty good advice. Like, you know, we're put here to further humanity, right? Like if there's a purpose in life, it's to keep this train moving. And so all the things you need, um, and all the things you think you don't know and think you won't have and all that stuff because you don't have perspective, right? You haven't seen the way that movie ends yet. Um, yeah. it just comes to you, man. Like God made sure we had everything we need to, you know, protect our kids and, and do what we're supposed to do. Yeah. I think it's, look, I mean, if, if it was that, <laughs> this is going to sound fucked up, but if it was that hard, like, there wouldn't be 7 billion people. Yeah. It, it ain't rocket science. It's kind of like the primordial reason like, for our existence and like what we were put here to do. Yeah. Yeah. We, you'll figure that shit yeah, out. I think, it, it may not be perfect, I think, but you'll figure it I think a lot of, I'm going to generalize and say fathers, but probably mothers too. Definitely mothers. I mean, I, that'd be stupid for me to leave that up. People in general are fearful of uh, what their life is going to look like after kids, especially when they're like unexpected. Right. Um, and, and even when you're planning, right, it's still a scary, like, unknown thing to go into. But, like, um, it really doesn't – I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't change your life because it 100% does. I mean, it does, right? Like, you ain't going out every night. You ain't doing all the things that you want to do anymore, right? But it's a trade off, right? Like, now you have this little human being that's, like, perfect in your eyes and you love them more than yourself and they'll just, like – you know, you have like a newfound purpose. So I think a lot of people, um, you know, we have a fear of the unknown. So a lot of people want to make it like this negative fear-based like thing. And it's like, no, it's just different. It's just going to change a little bit. And, you know, you're going to be a better person for it. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions to every rule, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you said something that's really important, Matt, and that's, um, you know, you, you have this little human that you love more than you love yourself, yeah. right? Um, that's that, that's it. And I think that, that if, if you were kind of to get to the root of, of how parenthood changes you as a person, um, then, uh, all right. Anyway, so if you were to try to get to the root of how parenthood changed you as a yeah. person, you, if you're doing it right, if it, it, I guess if it affects your perspective the way it does most yeah. people, um, like most, most healthy people, then you learn to kind of apply those lessons that, you know, from being a parent in the rest of your life, maybe with your employees or your coworkers. And so you become this, this person that, you know, like, like Jim that I work with, you know, I don't love him more than I love myself, but I certainly am willing to sacrifice some things to make sure that he's secure. And, and so you, you kind of learn how to be this, um, in the military, we call it a servant leader. Um, and, um, I think that that 
there's something to that 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 comes from the perspective you gain from being a parent. Yeah. Right. Um, I think it's probably the most important thing. Like, and look, there's some people that can't have kids. There's some people that don't want sure. to have kids, and and I respect that. Um, but I, I I think for those of us that can and that want to, I think that there's probably no more important thing in your development as an adult human being than learning how to uh, provide and protect and take care of your, you know, your, your yeah. kids. And, um, you know, so I don't know. I, I certainly, you know, Nelly was born when I was uh, 23. Um, so I was, I was a baby. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, almost 20 years later though, like, all of these lessons I've learned, um, I am such a different person now than I was then. And, and, and I can like think about so many different ways, um, you know, that I am not I'm far from perfect and I'm far from a perfect dad, but, um, you know, like, uh, it's made me a better person. 100%. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, so it's, um, you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, you mentioned service, right? And most people, when you say the word service, parenthood doesn't come to mind, but like, that's literally the definition of it, right? You spend your entire life making sure this little human being has what they need, has what they want, gets where they need to go, wipes their ass, puts their clothes on, learns how to tie their shoes, you know, all the things, right? Like you're like, and it doesn't stop until they leave. And even then it doesn't stop. Right. Like, you know, you know, Kaylee, our nine-year-old, right. She's in dance and she goes to dance three nights a week from like anywhere from six to nine. Right. It it varies on depending on what day, but still like Desiree's got to bring her. Desiree's got to pick her up one night. She carpools. So she gets a break, but, um, you know, like you're just there, like doing the things, right? Like, you're just in the motions, right? And then it that allows you, like you said, I think that allows you to get perspective on how to bring that out into the world in your other roles in the world, whether it be at church or at work or or in the community or wherever it is, right? Like I, I'd say all the time that I think um, kids need to do one of two, if not both, things, right? I think. You need to wait tables or bartend, right? And I think you need to join the military. <laughs> and I think those two things, and I'm not saying you have to make a career out of it, right? But like if people had to go through those two experiences, and obviously one is less, you know, like major implications than the other, but that yeah. understanding of service and what it means to actually like be there for someone else right? Like your needs don't really matter in the moment of what you're doing. Um, there's no two things that I can think of, um, other than like being in healthcare or education. Right. Um, but like those are and public service too, but there's just more tangible, like real time feedback in the, the other examples. But, um, but yeah, get it though. Right. So like learning, learning how to wait tables, um, like you, you deal with the best and the worst of humanity sometimes <laughs> yeah. uh, and you have to provide, <laughs> you have to provide good customer service to 
uh, the good, the bad, and everything in between. And you have to swallow your pride a little bit to provide that service to, to those people. Yeah. And you, you meet, like I said, this wide spectrum of people. And so I think that, you know, I mean, obviously we both did it uh, for a while. And uh, I, I loved it. First of all, it was a lot of fun for me, right? That, that was a good time in my life, but I learned a lot from it. And I think that, you know, you know, will we ever get to a place for compulsory military service? I hope not. Yeah. Because if we do, I think we're probably in a bad place. Right. I'm not saying it's a great idea. But I'm just saying. Value, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to right? But I think that uh, the value of military service is twofold. It's, you know, uh, number one is discipline. That's the easy one, right? Like, um, not, not discipline. It starts with discipline that's imposed on you and then it grows into self-discipline right. and you don't have to have that discipline imposed on you anymore. But then the other thing is, especially, you know, I, I think the other thing is like following, you know, following something through, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like you learn how to kind of like, like, all right, here's the thing. And I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to, Follow through. I'm going to complete this thing, right? Yeah. Because I know I'm going to be held accountable for it, right? Um, for me, it just taught me how to get up and actually show up on time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I'm sure it did other things. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I tell people all the time. I'm not ashamed to admit this. I had a full ride to Lamar, man. You know this. Yeah. Right? I had a full ride to Lamar uh, University, uh, academic. Uh, believe it or not. And um, I lost it after the first semester, man, because I couldn't get my ass out of bed. Yeah. Like for an eight o'clock class. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> I look back on it now. I'm like, what a piece of shit you were, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like sending me, sending me text messages or Facebook messages. I'm like, dude, it's like three 30 in the morning or something. Like, what are you doing awake? No, I'm just, Getting up, getting ready for my day. And like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, man, like Papados, you know, like that's where we started. And we talked about this on one of the other episodes, you know, like they were very, uh, it was almost like being a boot camp, man. They had like pre pre shift inspections on your uniforms. And like you had to basically memorize their training manual uh, before you could start there. I remember like studying for like two weeks, trying to, you know, just learn the menu and you have, learn all the prep times and all the cook times and all the, you know, food safety shit that went into it. Plus, you know, just learn how to present everything and what order you're supposed to do it and the daily specials and there's all the things, right. It was, so it was a very structured environment, right. In order to, you know, serve people seafood platters or fucking whatever they were eating, you know, <laughs> I'll take a seafood platter split with an extra side of fries and two waters, please. Oh, you're one of those people. Okay. The limit. <laughs> yeah. Extra limit. Fuck you. Extra limit. Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> Is gratuity in this? No? No. Oh, okay. Just check it. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, <laughs> no, not. it's, it's not. That's what the line there is for right there. Make sure you put something on it. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was actually like a precursor to boot camp. So by the time we got there, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, we're, we're, I'm good with this. That's cool. Um, but, yeah, you know, just just being able to do something that like it's not um, I don't know. There's just I feel like more people should have to go through a service based like uh, 
apprenticeship time in their life, right? Like even if it is a job, like mm. you need to get that season under your belt before you go out into the world and become a selfish entitled asshole, right? Like, cause we don't need any more of those. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of those. There's plenty of them. Yeah. I mean, so a couple points here and one of them is an aside as I tend to do, but so Papado was weird, man. Now that I, like when I really think yeah. about it, so when, when they pulled me up to be a floor manager, right, they sent me to Houston to do like a psyche mm -hmm. valve. It was everything short of a polygraph, man. And like at the time I was like, I guess this is yeah. going on. But now I look back on it and I was like, why was I sitting down with a psychologist just to be a floor manager at Papado, man? Like, and they got a file on me somewhere yeah. too. So like, I don't know, man, maybe they're like, Maybe they're like down with the CIA or something, like collecting files. <laughs> no, I mean, there's, um, I know. The other thing is. Well, I was yeah. just going to say, I, I know, ahead, I know a business operator that uh, he runs personality uh, profiles on everybody. He does personality tests and uh, what do they call it? Aptitude or whatever on everybody he hires because I forget the name of it. You know, they got the, the Myers-Briggs and a couple of other like, uh, you know, batteries that yeah. you can do. But um, I forget the one he used, um, but it nailed me to the T. Uh, he, and I was like the first daredevil that mm. he had ever met. Right. That's what I was kind of classified as. And they're like, describe me to a T, but, mm. um, it really does like yeah. give you, uh, insight into a, is this person going to be good at the job I'm about to assign them to? Like, do they even have the skill sets that would even put them in the arena of good candidates? But B, it also lets them know how to interact with you and how you're going to respond and how to manage you. Right. Because it, it just gives way deep insights on like, you know, what kind of language you respond to, what motivates you, what demotivates you, you know, what scares you, what doesn't matter to, you know, it was like all that. And he showed it to me. I was like, dang, that's pretty impressive. He was like, yeah, I've had really good yeah. success after I started administering this to all my new hires. And like, it just makes the organization uh, a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more transparent, a lot more visibility in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I've taken like, you know, since I've been in the military now, three or four, yeah. I've taken the Myers-Briggs at least twice. And then I, I took one, I forget the name of it too, but it was pretty in depth uh, when I was at uh, command mastery school. Yeah. And, um, so kind of like to bring it back to perspective, I think that's the perspective that we don't talk about, um, as much as we should. And that's the perspective on yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, this idea of emotional intelligence, and self-awareness and like, you know, knowing yourself, not just like looking in the mirror and knowing your experiences, but actually knowing how you react to stress, yeah. how you, um, you know, behave yourself in, in, um, you know, periods of, of like prolonged stress. Um, I think in those, those, those type of personality, uh, you know, tests, they kind of give you that, that insight, that perspective into yourself. And I, I think your, your friend's onto something, right? Like, um, they're not cheap first. Right. Thing, right. And so that's, you know, to, to be able to administer them is a little cost prohibitive to a lot of people probably as, as leaders, but I think it's valuable because people need to know themselves before they can know how they're going to interact with people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got to find it because the one he, the one he sent me, um, was actually not super expensive. I don't think, um, maybe like 50 bucks or something, but it wasn't like, yeah, there's some that are like, you know, $2,500 yeah. or something I'm like what? 
I don't really care about anybody for that much. I mean, if I got to spend twenty five hundred dollars to figure out if I like you, no. I don't like you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Yeah. So, well, Matt, uh, I got to get going to PT, man. So let's uh, let's let's start moving toward wrapping this thing up. Um, so uh, just to kind of recap, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we all have different perspectives on life. That's what makes us individuals. I think that there are groups of like-minded people that have similar perspectives that uh, tend to, to get together. We could go into the whole kind of tribe mentality, uh, maybe on another podcast and, and trying to break free of those tribes mm-hmm. um, to, 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 you know, uh, to see other people's perspective, but you know, we didn't really get into that today, but I think that on an individual basis, um, it's important to, to realize that your perspective, even if it's similar is going to be, you know, um, have, you know, slight differences from people that you interact with and it's based on the value system, but it's also based on experiences. And if you just acknowledge that, if you acknowledge that the perspective that you have is different from what other people have, then I think that your interactions with people with people will be better, and you'll be able to uh, to you know work together to build things despite your differences. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I think uh, going back to probably that episode with uh, Amanda, um, you know, mindfulness is where it starts. Right, you got to be aware of yourself before you can be aware of others. Usually, right, and you can be aware of what's going on, but you might not fully get the whole picture if you're not really if you haven't really thought about introspective things first and like how you're interacting with people and how you're just getting along with, with people out there. Um, I know I certainly have had to do lots of internal reviews, uh, on myself, uh, through the years and, um, you know, carry that forward into to new experiences. So hopefully there were some nuggets in here that, uh, resonate with people, but, uh, just our thoughts on, um, perspective and how to, how to do something with that. Yeah, a couple little technical difficulties, but I think overall that was a great episode, bro. So um, happy Friday to me, and uh, enjoy your Thursday night. Uh, tell the family I said hi, and uh, I'll, I'll see you in a few weeks when I'm back home. All right, brother. Take care.